psalm is taken from 109. But you, O God my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake. Because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who contemn his soul to death. When you were young, it was easy to have an idealistic mindset. Because you're full of hope, you are full of optimism about the future, and then life starts happening. And someone says to you, I don't love you anymore. Or you're stupid. Or I wish I never had you. Then you realise all of a sudden that you've got some baggage. It's not a lot of baggage. You can manage it and you can uh, compensate for that. And you learn to live with a little bit of baggage. Then life moves on and then your best friend betrays you. And the person that you thought was a Christian doesn't act like a Christian. And you try your very best. But the one who loves you tells you it's not good enough. And then before you know it, you have even more baggage. So you do your best. You, you can try to convince yourself that others, uh, the hurtful words of others aren't true. But before long, your brain is scarred with negative words and then the negative soundtrack starts to play in your mind. I'm not good enough. No one loves me. I can never trust anyone. I can never have intimacy. My life is messed up. I can never ever have God's best for me. And then more baggage. It hurts. Life becomes heavy. You start to wonder if it's worth going on. Your relationships sour. You've got so much baggage that, it, that it's hard to do life according to God's principles. And ultimately, the choice is ours. Either you continue with the baggage, or at some point you say, God, you have got to take it all. And that's what we're going to learn to do over the next four weeks. We're going to give our baggage to God. If you've got a Bible with you today, let's open to Psalm 109. And as we start, uh, we start week one of our series called Baggage. Now, before we get into it, I want to show you some photographs that I took when I was a missionary in China. I just love the way the Chinese are creative in the, in the way they haul stuff. You've seen that when there's a kid, Elizabeth? They just, they're just so crazy the way they haul stuff around. The problem is, 
This symbolizes some of us, what we look like spiritually. We haul around all this stuff in our life and that's what we look like. This baggage that we carry around. And if we could look into the spiritual world, this is what we would see. Psalm 109 verse 22, King David prays, For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. So many of us carry wounds of brokenness and pain in our heart. And in verse 26 of Psalm 109, he prayed, and that is exactly what we are going to do today. We're going to pray as David prayed. We're going to pray three prayers similar to David's prayers. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your unfailing love or according to your steadfast love. Verse 31 said, here's the good news. He said, for the Lord stands at the right hand. Need this morning. If you're in need today, if you are hurting, the Lord God is with you. He is for you. He stands at the hand of the needy one to save their life from those who condemn them. So this week's message is entitled, Checking Your Baggage. Next week, we're going to look at addictions, which often accompany baggage, and ask the question, how do we overcome addictions? And in week three, we're going to look at emotional baggage. How do we overcome all the emotional baggage that accumulates in our life? And in week number four, we're going to talk about depression. What does God's word say about overcoming depression? So as we start, I want to challenge you to prayerfully and honestly acknowledge your baggage. And if you are anything like me, that challenge makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't want to talk about my baggage. I want to keep the dirty laundry in the washing basket. I don't want it to go anywhere else for anyone else to see. I don't want to think about it. I want to talk about it. And that's how most of us are alike. We're like that, aren't we? Instead of being like that, let's model the words of Job chapter 7, verse 11. Therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. In other words, I will acknowledge it. I will talk about it. Now, that's not code for bellyaching this morning, beloved, or gossiping, or singing the sad song about, it's all about me. It's about lamenting. Lamenting. It's about being indignant, even angry, at what is not and what should be concerning your spiritual condition. It's about being self-aware this morning. Lamenting is a form of prayer before God. It's a legitimate form of prayer before God. It's a prayer of self-awareness. And that is my challenge to you this week. To talk openly, to pray openly, and to bring to light that which has been hidden. And let God do what only He can do. So what's your baggage this morning? Give it a name. Maybe it's a type of spiritual baggage. Maybe it's the past. You were under some sort of bad teaching in the past and you've developed a legalistic mindset over certain things. Or you've become incredibly spiritually judgmental of others. Maybe you, many of you, you you've got some predisposition perhaps against church. 
you know, you, you had a bad experience in your past and you're under some sort of, a, you're here under some sort of protest this morning perhaps, or maybe it's with God. Maybe, maybe life didn't turn out the way that you thought it would and so you're angry with God. Or maybe it's with God's people. You've been burnt by religious hypocrites in the past. Whatever it is, if that's you this morning, that's baggage. That's baggage that you're carrying around. Or maybe for you, it's a relationship baggage. Someone you trusted betrayed your trust. So you've walled up your heart and you don't let people come in. And you don't talk openly and you do not become vulnerable. Unfortunately, the statistics around abuse are absolutely, completely horrifying. Rain.org reports that every nine minutes, Child Protective Services authenticates or finds evidence for a claim of child sex abuse. And the sad thing is that so often the abuse is done by an authority figure or a family friend or a family member that's in the life of the person. This is unthinkable, this is horrific baggage that can ruin a life. Then along with that comes wrong thought processes. The mind starts to think, well, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I shouldn't have done this, or maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have done this. And then we have so many people who have a non-biblical self-image. You know, the broken record that plays in the mind. I never will amount to anything. I am messed up and it plays like a broken record and the baggage just seems to mount up unless we give it to God. And that is what we're going to do starting this morning. Prayerfully and intentionally we're going to learn how to let go of our baggage. So instead of a, a three-point sermon this morning or a three-thought sermon this morning, we're going to break it down into three prayers that we can pray. Now, for some of you, one or more of these may actually become a constant prayer in your prayer life. But anyway, the first prayer we're going to pray is we're going to pray, the prayer, this prayer comes from Romans chapter 12. And the prayer is, God, help renew my mind with truth. So let's give life to those words this morning as we pray that out loud together. Let's pray it together. God, help renew my mind with truth. Again, louder. God, help renew my mind with truth. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be changed, be different. Now how do we do that? How do we become transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what, God will, what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Don't be like the world this morning, but be changed and be renewed in your mind. And then we can do that by praying prayers like, God help replace the lies that I, I so often believe with your truth. God, renew my mind with your spiritual truth. The problem is, so many of us hang on to the lies. Our minds are locked into wrong mindsets. And lies actually become truth in our own minds. And we do life according to lies, as is if they were truth. 
according, acknowledging our baggage this morning. We, for, for me, some of my baggage revolves around an unhealthy or an unbiblical fear of finance, a financial fear. Now, I drive Giselle crazy with this. On normal things, such just normal things, you know, like don't buy that or try to buy it better or do I just drive her crazy. There was, let me, let me share, let me be vulnerable and share some stuff, okay? There was a time when I had insisted that we go grocery shopping at a discount supermarket, the no-name one. Did you ever have that, the no-name supermarkets or the no-name section where everything was just in black and white or it was in yellow and gold? Did you, did you have, we had this in Australia. So, so it was called the generic brand. Is there a, yes. pop up the picture. So the next one. Yeah, so it was all black and white like that. Do you remember those? So, so we go into the supermarket and there would be the tuna where, you know, the, 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 the chicken of the sea and the, and, the, and, the, and the really good stuff, you know. You know, the stuff that the ladies like that's got lemongrass in it and uh, it's got sweet chilli through it and all that sort of stuff, yeah. And so I'm, and Giselle's picking these cans off the shelf and I look and I see the generic brand. There's a two pound can of tuna and it's the same price as one of those little cans. And uh, I've said... Uh, Hey, look, why, why, are you, just, just, why are you buying the five ounce can of this tuna? You can get a whole two pound can of no name tuna at the same price, just for one of those small cans. And wouldn't it be a whole lot better to have a two, can pan of, two, two pound can of tuna? Uh, it will last forever. And with white knuckles and gritted teeth, Giselle reminded me that I don't eat canned tuna, she does. So long story short, the two-pound can 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 of tuna went into the shopping trolley on the proviso that if it tasted like cat food, the deal was off. And I would have to eat the two-pound can of tuna for breakfast, lunch and dinner. So we shook hands and I took the bet. Can I just say it tasted like cat food? And I got the message loud and clear. So where did that unhealthy and that irrational mindset come from? Probably from my father, who trusted a bank account rather than trusting God. So too I have trusted a bank account rather than trusting God. I have prayed and and, and I had to get to the root of that whole thing so that I could find some healing. What started with a little personality quirk, that little lie that said, buy cheap, buy cheap, hang on to your money, because of a fear barrier between my heart and God. How can I be generous if I trust in a bank account rather than trusting in God? How can I be generous? I can't. So I had to get to the root of that. I had to pray. I had to ask for help. And I had to get healing in that. So focus, focusing on the truth of God sets us free from baggage. The truth is the Lord, my God, is my provider. Not the church, not the economy, not my bank account, but God. His truth is what sets us free. Now, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know where you've got some wrong mindsets. Maybe you think you could never have a good marriage because you've been through too much and seen too much. 
That's a wrong mindset this morning. That's a lie. Maybe you think you could never make a difference in this world, that you're not smart enough, that you're not good enough, that you haven't got enough talent. Well, that's a lie. And that's not true about you. There are people who are addicted that, that just say, I just can't get over this. I've met poor people who think that they're always going to be poor and they're never going to break out of the poverty cycle. I've met rich people. I know rich people who think, yeah, I'm just going to be selfish for the rest of my life. And they don't even fathom the possibility of being generous this morning. What's the wrong mindset for you this morning? Acknowledge it. Ask God to help renew your mind with truth. Let the power of this verse speak to you. Now Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 to, 40, to, to, to 23 says something very, very powerful. It says, you were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires, by its, by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You were taught, it says. It's a discipline. You have to work at it. There's no there's not any magic pixie dust that the pastor can sprinkle on you to make the bad stuff go away. This is something that you have to learn yourself. It's you and God working the hard stuff out of life. So our first prayer, God, help renew my mind with truth. And all of a sudden, the baggage starts to go away. God, help renew my mind with truth. Our second prayer is, God, help restore what was lost. Let's say it, say it with me aloud. Amen. God, God help, help restore, restore what was lost. Psalm 71 verse 20 says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. If you're here and you feel so discouraged at this moment, can I tell you, God specializes in finding what was lost and restoring what has been broken. In our home, we never watch the television without the remote control. Someone has to be in charge of the remote control, don't they? But here's the big idea. What happens when you lose the remote control? You will tear the house up, won't you, to find that thing. That stupid thing, won't you? Because you can't watch television without it. God's heart is so much more aggressive than that when it comes to finding the lost. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells us three very, very powerful stories reflecting on the heart of God. The first story is Jesus talks about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. And if one of them wanders off, what does the shepherd do? He leaves the 99, doesn't he? And goes after the one that's lost. Jesus tells a story about a woman who had 10 coins and she had lost one coin and she tore up her house to find the lost coin. Jesus tells a story of a father who had two sons 
And when one son ran off, that father would spend day after day, week after week, month after month, perhaps year after year, on the edge of town, looking, hoping, praying, searching for one son that was lost. And when that son was found, or that coin was found, or that sheep was found, they threw a big party because God cares for those who are lost and who matter to God. Let me tell you some of my story and what I lost. And maybe you can relate and it will help someone here this morning. When I was a young adult before I became a follower of Christ, I lost uh, my sexual innocence. Let me rephrase that. I didn't lose it. The truth is I was dumb, I was stupid, and I just gave it away. I looked at things with my eyes that I shouldn't have looked at. I did things with my body that I should never have done. And it seemed fun. In fact, it was a real thrill at the time, but it became a nightmare. It became an emotional and a spiritual bondage. The payoff was devastating, and I had lost so much of myself in that. For years, I carried around so much emotional baggage and relational baggage because I'd given something away that was not meant to be given away. In my selfish and stupidity, my stupidness, I had lost something. And when I became a Christian, when I became a Christ follower, when I became born again, I had to ask God. I asked God to help me. Show me the right way to treat my spouse. Show me the right way to treat women. God helped me to dump the emotional and the relational baggage. And over these many years, God has helped restore the very thing that I freely gave away as a young man. God restored something that I had carelessly lost. So here's my question for you. What is it that God wants to restore in your life this morning? Is it a loss of sexual innocence? Maybe he wants to restore your faith in him. Maybe he wants to restore hope in your heart. Maybe he wants to restore intimacy in your relationship with him or with someone else that you love that is now that that with that intimacy is now lost because of careless words and careless actions. What is it that God wants to restore this morning in your life? Let this scripture speak to your heart from Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. It says, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds. That's what God says. God specializes in restoring that which was lost. Before we look at our third prayer this morning, there's a story that is supposed to be true. It might be an urban myth, but we don't want to let the truth get in the way of a good story, do we? The story is about a lady who advertised a 2010 Mercedes G-Wagon for sale. Now, Elizabeth, what are they? Are they they're pretty cool things, aren't they? They're not, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was black on black, low mileage, totally tricked out, and secondhand, today, they're worth $120,000. She listed the car for sale in the local newspaper for $50. As you could imagine, there was a stir when the local newspaper came out. Her, phones rang off the hook. Her phone rang off the hook. One bloke uh, who was one of the first to call said, Now, is this really for sale? Is this a real deal? Yes, she said. It's for sale and it's $50. Can I come and see it now? And she said yes. 
He drives over and the car looks better than it was described in the advertisement. And he still can't believe it's only $50. He pulls out his wallet and he puts $50 in her hand. And they took care of all the paperwork right there on the bonnet and she gave him the title. Then this bloke said, do you mind telling me why you are offering this Mercedes G-Wagon for such a ridiculous price? And she said, well, it's my husband's car and he left me for a younger woman. He's in another country now playing around with this girl and he told me that I could keep everything that we have except for this car. He, he asked me to sell it and said, whatever you get for it, just, just take whatever you can get for it and send me the money. And that leads us into our third prayer, which is, God help me release my offenders. Let's say that together. God help me release my offenders. Because the truth is, so many today are carrying around the baggage of bitterness, of unforgiveness, and hatred towards those who have offended us. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have any grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So how do we forgive someone who did something that was unforgivable? Forgive as the Lord forgives you. Now some of you here this morning, you need to let go of that suitcase of unforgiveness. It's time to lay it down. I'll explain it to you like this. Do any of you like to play the card game Spades? Couple? Okay. Couple like to play the card game Spades. The only time I've ever really enjoyed the card game Spades is when I had the trump card. The only time I ever really enjoyed it when I had the trump card, because you know what it, what, what we, what's the trump card? The ace, isn't it? The ace. And so whenever you have the ace of spades, you know at least you're going to win one hand, right? A lot of people, when they are hurt, they hold the trump card very close to their hearts, knowing that any time they could strike and have the upper hand. And what a lot of people do is they take the trump card, which is the offence, they say, you hurt me. You wounded me. You were unfair to me. So therefore, this gives them the right to hurt you back. I can gossip about you. I can lie about you. I can spread rumours about you. I can be bitter about you. And if you ever get hurt, I can rejoice that you're getting what you have. You're getting your comeuppance. You're getting what comes to you. It's the trump card, the offence. The offence is the trump card. So let me just say it this way. Just because someone has sinned against you, it doesn't justify your own sinful behaviour back. I want you to let that settle in for a moment. Just because someone sinned against you, it doesn't give you the right to go around doing what God tells you not to do which is holding a grudge against those who have hurt you. Here's how you should play the game. Throw the trump card away. 
let it go. What I realised is that that's the only way you can do life. I'm totally convinced that some people look for ways to be offended. They are looking for behaviours in people. They are looking for comments and things said just so they can be upset. And if they can't, they will twist something that you said or that you did so that it casts you in a bad light. For me, the only way I can survive this thing called ministry, the only way I can survive this thing called life, is I've learnt very quickly to lay down offences. It's learnt. It's a discipline. I have to pull myself up on this all the time or else I'll just go crazy. I can't carry offences. I can't internalise offences. Be it with my family, be it with my friends, be it with, my, be it with church members. It just sends me crazy. I've learnt I can't hold on to offences. You have to lay it down. Now that means, that, that, that seems incredibly simple when you think about it, when you think about the magnitude of what someone did against you. And yet, Jesus on the cross, when mankind did their worst, what did he say? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. As the music plays softly. So if, you're, if you've walked into church this morning with some baggage, it's time to lay it down. It's, it's time to bring it before God. First, God, renew my mind with your truth. Second, God, restore that which was lost. Third, God, by your power, help me release my offender. Whatever baggage you still carry, lay it down at the foot of the cross. Let us pray together. Let us bow our heads and just pray together. God, we ask that in your holy presence, you would do a healing work as only you can do. And as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as you reflect today, the pressing question is, are you willing to acknowledge your baggage? Maybe for you, it's a wrong mindset. You're acting out on a lie. You're acting on something that happened that, that is untrue. But you're doing it as if it were true. Maybe for you, You've lost something. You've lost innocence. You've lost trust. You've put your security in wrong things. Maybe for you, you're holding on to bitterness. You're holding on to unforgiveness. You're holding on to resentment. And it's hurting you more than it's hurting anybody else. Let it go this morning. You may not even feel like forgiving. But just by faith, start saying, God, help me to forgive. You may not want to forgive at all, but just start saying, God, help me. God, help me. And so while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've got some baggage in one or more of these areas this morning, we're going to lay it down. Whatever it is you want to bring to God, facing the pain, letting it go, giving it to Jesus and walking away different. If you're saying in your heart right now, yes, God, 
I want to lay it down. I want to lay it down at the foot of the cross. Just in a moment of honesty before God, would you just lift your hand right now? Amen. 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 Honest hearts. Amen. If you raised your hand and you would want help with prayer, you want hands laid on you, you want help with prayer, please leave your seat now and come to the front. And as you come, put in your own words, put in your own words, name it as you come, name it and tell God about it as you come to the front. Whatever it is, bring it to God. Face the pain, let it go, give it to Jesus and let's believe that we can walk away from this place different than when we came in. Amen. Come to the front if you want prayer.